All right, everyone. The F1 season is here, F1 2024. Welcome, Drive to Survive fans and F1 enthusiasts. We are the Podium Pundits. I'm Austin. I'm Jim. I'm Chris. I'm Alex. And we're here to throw down and talk about F1. Now, there's not going to be any fighting going on. There's no no punches thrown. There might be. Um, but we all are very opinionated about Formula One, and we're going to jump right into it. Um, but first, we're going to talk about ourselves a little bit and how I got into Formula One. Um, I guess I'll go first since I'm already talking. But my name's Austin. I got into Formula One back in 2021. Abu Dhabi was the first race I ever watched. And so all I know is heartbreak for Lewis. So I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan. Feel bad for the guy. Happy he's going to Ferrari. Uh, but I started watching F1 because of Jim. He told me I had to or he'd kill me. Um, and so I started watching. It's been the best thing ever. I love F1. Um, Jim. Yeah, so I've always been into cars, always have had that that kind of problem and been into racing, but mostly into GT racing like IMSA and, you know, the previous iterations of IMSA um, because, of, you know, the cars look more like something you go by. F1 just seemed like too much, but uh, um, I was mistaken. Um, so when Drive to Survive came out, you know, I caught it and thought, you know, it was neat, got into it. It was pretty cool. And I told myself I'd watch the next season and that was 2019. So I watched like the first race of 2019 and then I couldn't watch anymore. And it was neat. I think Ricardo lost his wing, like the first race, his first race at Renault. Um, uh, but later that year, uh, Alfa Romeo, I'm a big Alfa nut, as you can probably tell from this place. Um, they were having a raffle or a, they were doing a promotion that if you went and test drove a car at Julia or Stelvio, um, you could be entered to win a trip to Coda for the USGP. And so I went and test drove the car and turns out I won the trip, which was awesome. Never uh, won anything. Yeah. So I <laughs> went for, I got to go there for all three days, um, full alpha hospitality. I had more, um, you know, cappuccinos and espressos than I, any one person should have in a lifetime. Um, but it was awesome. The cars were, so, it was so neat to be there. The cars sound way better in person. Seeing them is so much different and much more rewarding than, than you can see on TV or more than you can get from just seeing them on TV. So it was really, really cool. And I was, it, it caught me hook, line and sinker, sinker. And I've been, you know, watching ever since and getting far, far too into it. Seeing is believing. Alex, what about you? Um, so I <clears throat> loosely followed F1 in the sense of I watched Lewis Hamilton win every season, um, but w without like actually watching a race. And then Drive to Survive came out and I saw like behind the scenes of everything and got like a new appreciation for the sport. Um, I think growing up around like NASCAR, I always thought like car racing was kind of boring because I just thought of NASCAR and I was like, yeah, no, that's not for me. Um, but Formula One brought in like a whole new element of the strategy, the mechanics that go into it, all of the development um, that made it truly interesting. Um, so got like really hooked, became a McLaren fan with no rhyme or reason. Just that was who I picked and I will die for them. Kind of. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Kristoff? Yeah, basically a uh, combination of everything you guys have said. Uh, some friends started having some interest in it, and 
yeah, I think Lewis at the time was just winning everything and kind of knew who he was, but that's about it. So he started watching more and more. We got into driving ourselves more and more in autocross and HVD. And next thing you know, you definitely want to watch it on TV. So Drive to Survive and watching that fun's fucking sweet. And uh, definitely Team Lewis, uh, anybody out there, it's always fun to watch, but he definitely seems like the best. So go ahead and always pick the favorite. Um and yeah, I've been watching what four or five years now, and hopefully he can get back on top soon. Yeah. So a couple of us have been fortunate enough to actually go to some races. Um, I've been to Miami in 22 and 23, um, and Coda for 19. Uh, Chris, you? Uh, Miami 23? Yeah. Uh, with Alex and you, both all three yeah, of us? Miami 23? Yeah. Going back next year as well myself, so Same. pretty stoked right. for that. I mean, it was fun enough, like... Sorry, buddy. Um, like big sports fan, right? Like ice hockey, especially. I go to a lot of Carolina Hurricanes games here. I go to Green Bay Packers games in Wisconsin and stuff like that. So, I like to think a good sports fan, but like the whole weekend experience of going to Miami was totally worth it and totally unlike any other sporting experience that I've had. And it's like a whole weekend about it. Uh, every day you see something different. So, highly recommend. I thought it was expensive at first, but when you break it down for three days of what almost felt like all inst- you know, all access to some degree. Yeah, we were ripped off from a lot of things, but at the same time, we got, you know, James Fowles is my boy now, so he signed my yeah, buck. Yeah. Hat, we'll, so. we'll have to talk about that later on, but yeah, a couple of us got to meet Jimmy B. Um, but, you know, it seems like Drive to, Drive to Survive obviously was hugely influential in all of us getting into, um, into F1. I think part of what we're trying to make here and what um, hopefully sets us apart from the millions of other F1 podcasts, because, uh, you know, this isn't a novel idea. There's a billion other things, you know, maybe four of you will watch this, but maybe probably none. Um, but what we're trying to do here Cheers. is um, have a nice approachable entry point for people that um, maybe were casual viewers of Drive to Survive and want to make that make a step into um, full F1 fanaticism. But uh, yeah, trying to make that a nice, small, approachable jump uh, for everyone. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, it's very technical. That's the part I'm into. Um, so, and, but all that can be very intimidating and off-putting, really. It, it can be boring at some points. Uh, but just trying to make it, you know, give you small consumable bites to, you know, eventually dive right in to um, be able to appreciate the sport on a much bigger level. Uh, Driver Survive is great because you really get to see, you know, the drivers and um, you see how they interact with things um, and get to know them better as people. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, they're even still just such a small part of what goes on in F1. It's such a massive, massive thing. And there's so much to appreciate. You know, I'm always, I'm always learning more and I, I just find it interesting. So, uh, hopefully you guys too, and do too, and, um, watch or listen or whatever it is. I love yeah, it. I feel like one of the most important parts too, is to notice like, yeah, there's always going to be a Mercedes and a Red Bull, like. I guess not always, but right now there's Mercedes and Red Bull that have dominated the last like decade plus. And then you see teams like Williams that have like a career year, like last year. And I say career meaning like Alex Albin just came from nothing, um, getting, you know, canned by Red Bull and fighting his way back into the grid and having a fantastic year. But you see like that kind of swing in development and even fighting for like ninth and 10th place means millions of dollars to these teams at the end of the season. And that's kind of like the thing that's the most interesting is you're really never out of it. Well, I guess you are out of it, but 
it's just interesting even on these like low level teams there's yeah. always something to fight for whether you're fighting for ninth or tenth like you said that's millions of dollars on the line that you do or don't get depending on a couple of performances at the end of the year so it's it's cool to see that no matter where you are in the standings it's worth showing up that's not like a lot of other sports yeah and in part the domination makes you um not forces you but makes you find appreciation in the battles that are happening everywhere for every single team um even those that are battling it for ninth and tenth because it so much is on the line like you guys said so yeah just finding that appreciation in everything that's going on is it's it's really neat it's really neat i think it's tough to do and think of all the time like eighth ninth tenth like even you know calling up 12 11 10 something to always remember it's like they're actually every point counts yeah for sure counts speaking of points and places i think we should jump into our 2024 predictions we're not going to go p20 through p1 for the drivers um but we're going to give you all a few predictions that we think could happen or could be exciting um so jim we'll get started with you all right so i'll throw one out first and it i this was something that i thought um was probably going to be the case late in 2023 i don't know that it's really going to be a surprise now after preseason testing has been over uh but my big prediction for a while now has been that v carb formerly alfatari formerly toro rosso uh is going to finish ahead of alpine um i think now i wouldn't be surprised if there's even a team in between them uh but i that's that was my big at one time bold prediction was that you know the the red bull junior team was going to be ahead of the alpine renault works team that's uh yeah and hate on our french friends over there that's yuki and daniel yeah yuki and dr3 against uh okan and gasly great wine by the way daniel we'll have another bottle it was a good one yeah <laughs> when you are running the rb19 yeah you're gonna have a good season yeah, I think there's been a lot, you know, there was a lot like towards the end of last year talking about how, oh, they're just going to get the same car, right? But I think when you look up and down the field, their car is less like the RB19 than, some, than a lot of what the other teams have brought. <clears throat> um, so I think that's just where everyone's gone. I mean, it helps that they have the actual front and rear suspension from that car. Uh, but a lot of people are adopting the same kinds of things. I think, you know, having the parts and having the knowledge of how to work the parts is kind of like the big differentiator of what um, the rules allow and don't allow. So you can have the parts, but you can't have the information about how to set them up correctly. You know, but that's what Zach Brown and everyone else is pretty upset about right now, right? The junior team being so close to Red Bull proper. But you know, Haas has done the same with Ferrari, and people haven't really complained. Probably well, because Haas. Haas not. Well, yeah, <laughs> so clearly the knowledge didn't transfer there. <laughs> Although maybe it did. Ferrari ate their tires too. Speaking of Haas, F one dog. My prediction, and there's Eric, um, our F1 dog. We're we're boring him apparently. Also um, known as Steve. Steve, aka. Um, Haas F1. My prediction is that they're dead last. They don't score a point, and their drivers are 20th and 19th in the standings to end the year. I have no confidence in Haas this year. Our American team is gonna let us down. Um, and I blame Gene Haas. I blame you for having hope that they wouldn't be. I'll take I'll take the heat. I'll take the heat. Gunther's gone, so Haas means nothing to me anymore. Um, and so they're they're going to finish last, in my opinion. Um, not just because I'm mad at Gene Haas, because I just truly think their car is terrible based on preseason testing. Um, I don't think they figured out the tire degradation at all um, relative to last year, and they just can't seem to figure out how to make Ferrari's parts work um, how they need 
to work to it's win. It's not Ferrari. It's a shit pass. True. So that's my that's one of my predictions. Um, I agree. I think that the best thing Haas can do right now, and it is all on Gene Haas, I'd say, but the best thing that he could do would be to sell it to Andretti. Cash out now. Let it go. Sell it to Andretti. Love it. Let's get Cadillac in there and see what it does. I think the only person that's not on that doesn't see that as being the absolute right thing to do is Gene Haas. Everyone else, I think, is like, yeah, this makes total sense. And I think he's moved enough CNC machines that he's fine being lost. And this is, you know, rumor and speculation. But part of what had Gunther Steiner out as team principal was that Steiner found a $20 million sponsor. But he was not going to allow Haas to sign them unless he got an ownership stake in the team. And Gene was not willing to give him that, so he left. I don't disagree with Steiner's decision to leave. I think he was only hurting himself long-term by sticking with that team. Yeah, absolutely. And he was so integral into the the team getting on the grid in the first place. And he had yeah. the way to set up with three different factories and, you know, three different countries is far from ideal, but it made sense to get them up and running quickly. And he's, he's the guy that did that. So, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's got a long, really, really, really impressive career and, I think what now he's going to be a pundit for German, uh, German uh, news outlet. So pundits, good for him. Actually. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have him on the show maybe. Um, <laughs> he has a chance to Carolina. check out his book. Um, he has a really good book about the twenty-two season, um, which he also does the recording for the audio book on Audible. So, if you love to sit there and listen to the sweet, sultry voice of Gunther Steiner, highly recommend. I would like uh, to have like that. I'd like to have him reading it for like, you know, when I'm trying to wake up or when I need to be alert. But I'd like to have James Vowles read it for when I'm trying to go to bed, because mm. that would be that would be pretty choice. That would be perfection. That would be perfection. Alex, what about you? What are your predictions? So my predictions. McLaren P1. You got it out there. No, <laughs> I do. I do think Red Bull is going to win it again this year. I don't want to, but I think based off the reports coming out of testing that they were using a lower engine power and still a second ahead of everyone that's scary i think it's going to be a really tough race between mclaren and ferrari for p2 um i think mclaren will ultimately edge them out i think mercedes is going to have a fall from grace down to p4 um and i think that carlos signs will outscore charlotte claire Ooh, i like that i like that a lot i could definitely see that happening i i want to see signs upset a lot of people this year like I want to seem to be like, well, this is my chance. I know I'll go somewhere next year, but it's not going to be a red car. And this one's pretty quick. So, yeah, I want to see him get another win, honestly. Uh, I know we I know they haven't gotten to Chris yet, but I'm just going to throw something else out, too. I think the whole field, I, I, Red Bull is going to be ahead. I think that's not a surprising one. But I think everyone's going to be so much closer than they have been in previous years. And maybe the closest they've been since the beginning of the turbo high uh, regula- regulations. Um I like really think that, you know, P2 to P5 or maybe even P6 is going to be really, really tight this year. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I'm here to see. I mean, if Max is just going to walk away with it, but when you think about it too, like last year, yeah, dominant season, whatever, there were some amazing races yeah. last year with yeah. really entertaining stuff that happened. And there were several times where things, you know, it just took, it would just take a little bit of chance for Max not to have, you know, won. And I think I think we're gonna get more of those moments this year with more regularity. And I think that's a win for everyone. Max will only win half the races this year. That's it. Only half. 
I wish. We'll see. <laughs> That's a hot take. So when's the yeah, other half? into existence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Manifest uh, that shit. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have much of an opinion on what's going to happen next. I'm just excited to get it started. But, what's Lou going to do? Um, Max is going to probably crush everything again. Um, I'd love Lewis to surprise people. I, you know, it seems like they might have some tur turmoil at Mercedes and they've got to deliver some good parts. But uh, if, if they get close, I mean, fucking... If anybody's going to take it to him, I think Lewis could be that guy. Um, yeah, I could see Lando or I think that's a nice, interesting hot tech. Maybe Carlos, but one of those two Ferraris. I think they'll get in the way of each other enough where Mercedes can still come out ahead. Yeah. Um, just thinking through a little bit better and more strategically than the rest. And I think Williams will do really, really well this year. Yeah, I'm I excited to see Williams get up there. I might have yeah. seen an episode or two of the latest chapters of five and just to hear James talk and more and more about his role and his confidence, it's it's pretty impressive and kind of makes sense when you meet him in person. Like, dude, dude's a legend yeah, and a legend. he commanded a room pretty well, but still was very, very respectful. And uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him too, I guess. I'm rooting more for yeah, people that I like than maybe yeah. sensible predictions. Yeah. I'll, I'll... James, Go ahead. Uh, James Vowles is a person that I could listen to talk forever. I mean, just everything he says is is so elegantly said and it's like just listening to him talk about technical things he makes it sound really really simple but i think he's just getting started with williams i mean he said the operation was way worse than he thought it was but even with a low budget and not the same machinery as everyone else he thinks that his leadership style can change that team and i i really think it can i think williams is just getting started yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Logan this year if he can show up. Yeah, we be up. consistent. We don't. We should not cap Logan. <laughs> Something else that is, um, I think, inevitable is the dickening of Lewis Hamilton by Mercedes, and I think it's a matter of when it's going to happen. Because there's going to be a point in the season when George is just going to, he's going to get the preferred strategy, and that's just going to be how it is. Um, I think that's the way it's going to be. I mean, correct me. I think if I'm that'll wrong. happen. I think they'll favor George in a lot of circumstances. Now, I was confused that the dickening meant Mercedes to Lewis, or Lewis being that fucking good and being two steps ahead of them too, and like taking it right back to them, being like, yeah. I know they're on the preferred strategy, but he's going to out, you know, finally they're going to do some tire, tire Lewis from 2015 and just keep those things fucking clean for two million laps so there's there's drama there's something cooking there and it's going to happen it's going to be spicy yeah. Yeah. how bad do you think the mercedes car is that a day after they see it he probably gets in the simulator with it and then he promptly goes to ferrari i don't know if the car itself is that bad or they just went the opposite direction that he wanted whether it's the setup or or what what it's going to look like for the season i don't know but i think he i think that led more to it in my opinion based on what i've read that he was just upset they didn't go with his direction last year and they're not doing it this year yeah. based on what he said i think it's the early it's the you know the prologue to the dickening i think the uh george probably had some feedback about the car and it probably made more sense if they you know for them it makes sense to go with the younger drivers someone that they're placing their long-term future on and cater to what he wants and i'm not saying that's what happened but i wouldn't be too surprised um, I think he wanted the two in the game of one and one. Lewis was very vocal last year about the position of the, the cockpit. cockpit. Yeah. So I think, and I haven't taken a great look at the Mercedes car this year for 
from the side. But if it is in the same spot that it was last year, that would not surprise me as his reason for leaving. I think it's back. And I think, I mean, as far as correlation between like the, the sim and the actual car, uh, the first day of testing, the Mercedes was all all over the place. Um, or no, the second day. The first time Lewis is in the car. Uh, Mercedes the, does do their testing to t- like more often than not way overweight. Yeah. But even like midday, like it was still big, big snaps. And I can't remember if this was before or after they did the um the anti-dive degree change on the front axle. Um, because they did that mid through midway through the test and that kind of caught people out. They thought that was a neat innovation. Um, so I can't remember if it was before or after they made that change, but the car did did look pretty rough. Um so why would you test way over weight with uh is it just to mask your performance against your competitors or I think so. McLaren does the same thing, but I don't really have a reason. Should we jump in to our constructors championship? Yeah, let's do it. And we all probably have different opinions here, so we can debate as we go from P10 through down to P1. P10, I think it's no secret I got a Haas in P10 this year. Yeah, I think that's probably a clear vote all the way around. In agreement. Here, here. Rebel, rebel. We're unfortunate, you know, OUSA. Three home races, they're going to botch them all. Yeah. I'm going to Uh-oh. disagree. <gasps> really? There's a part of me that wants to say Kick Sauber. Yeah. Because that fucking name yeah. is so bad. Yeah. But, no, I in all reality, I do think it's Haas. Yeah. And I hope it's Haas. Yeah, I think, again, I think everyone's going to converge a little bit and compress a little bit. But I just I have to think it's going to be Haas, knowing that they've been very uh, honest about where they think the car is right now, and they don't have a good history of upgrades. What upgrades? They just they don't bring up. Well, they don't bring an upgrade, <laughs> and they wait so many races, and they say this upgrade is going to be huge, and then it's like what they go from like P nineteen to P eighteen. Yeah. The only reason you made that jump is because Logan Sargent crashed in qualifying. Yeah, thankers. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. So Haas P10. That's that's a no-brainer. P10 Who do we have at nine? Steak. Kick yeah, Sauber. I've got Kick Sauber there. Yeah. Nice overcooked shitty steak. <laughs> Sauber. P eight would be next if we're counting. Um, I got Alpine. I think they're gonna be absolute garbage this year. Yeah, I've got them there. Okay. I disagree. I think it's I mean, I hate to put Williams there. Because I do think that Williams is on the up and up, but I don't think it's going to be Aston Martin, and I don't think it's going to be the Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. It's just tough for me to look at that driver lineup, and although they're not superstars, they are a very competent driver lineup. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. Think that's what for me deciding between them and Williams. It does it is challenging to put Williams ahead, having like one and a less experienced driver versus Alpine, which has a more like you said, confident lineup, uh, but I, I still got him there. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I would put Williams there is because Logan Sargent. Yeah. He's right. now, I think he's improved this year, but has he improved enough? Yeah. That's That'd a big question. All right. So we got Alpine and Williams battling it out, depending on who you are. I think P7 is Williams, although Alex is only really the only formidable presence on the grid for Williams I think he's going to be just enough to scrape by Alpine 
Um, I think Alpine's going to have too much, too many reliability issues throughout the season that when they do finish, it won't be great, but they're not going to finish most of the time anyways. But if I'm wrong, I hope I am because I'd like to see a competitive field this year, but um, I do think Williams will grind it out just past Alpine. Yeah. So uh, we're all, we all have both those two fighting out for seven, eight. Yeah. Sounds like Chris, you got anyone else for for seven? Sounds Williams or Alpine? Uh, Nope. Where are you at for six then? You got ahead of them. Oh. He's like, who's left? Yeah, I mean, no, that's like, obviously how you do it. Um, you know, I really wouldn't uh, mind. It sucks because Fernando, awesome, and can single-handedly keep the team afloat much better than a fucking Alex Albon is going to try to do at Williams. But I mean, Lance, God, man, like now, what Lance? He he did finish P ten. He scored. He used to finish P ten last year. He can score. Points. Oh, I'm just jealous. It's nothing to do with. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bet he can out hockey you too. Oh, no I chance. think he's Canadian. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, I work for a Canadian company now, and it's <laughs> P six V carb. Yeah, yeah, that has to be it. Okay. I forgot they were still left. Will Danny Rick maintain his seat in F one all year? I don't think any of the. I don't think he or Yuki are gonna lose it mid season. Like that's. That's a good lineup for them. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. if it's supposed and to be a new chapter for the team. To yeah. be fair, Christian Horner has a very soft spot for Daniel Ricardo. Daniel Ricardo will be around as long as Christian Horner is the yeah. team principal. I don't know. But, I don't think Alpine had a stick. Okay. I think I could see that. It'll be Aston Martin in P6. Oh. Because. Oh. While they've done great things to upgrade their car and start the season strong, they take steps backwards in their upgrades throughout the season. That car got progressively slower as the season went on. Now to say the rest of the grid got progressively faster, yes, they did. But from where they started to where they finished, they... It was a fantastic season for them, but they really struggled to bring upgrades and to oh. have those upgrades work and to understand the car. And I don't know where the upgrades went wrong, but it sounded like it was just very directional. Like it wasn't very like one specific upgrade that was wrong. It seemed like the direction they went with the car altogether throughout the year is what drug them down. So I wonder if maybe they changed direction. Yeah, I think they, they have that issue. So like early on or later in the season, they said, yeah, we realized we went down a wrong path. So they saw something in the data that looked like an opportunity and the correlation wasn't there. So mm-hmm. it just, it, it, yeah, it got worse. Um, I'd like to think that they could have gotten on top of that given the step they did take over the off season last year. Um, like to think that they would be more consistently competitive this year. Um, but you know, I guess we'll find out. And I do have a question for, for Papa Stroll. Um, F1, maybe you could answer this. If I, is he required to wear a wristband during race weekend <laughs> or no, that was just for the launch of the DB12. Well, I think and it was, it was he a, doesn't it, like wristbands, party, right? though. He doesn't like <laughs> that was an Aston Martin event. That was very different. Yeah. Mm, I think he doesn't like wristbands. I'm sure he'll put up the fight. Hey, I went to an F1 race and I didn't have a wristband, so cool. I don't know what that says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I was Mr. Shaw, I wouldn't be wearing a wristband. <laughs> All right. But that's why Toto was the same thing. You know who I am. Why would yeah. I need to wear one of these? Poor Toto. Mercedes just falling apart. Um, P6. 
P5, speaking of Mercedes, I have Aston Martin P5, not Mercedes, but um, I think it could end up being very close between McLaren, Mercedes, and Aston Martin, but I do think Aston will will end up in P5. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, For me, it's the same thing as the Alpine versus V-Carb, a more complete lineup versus a more offset lineup. Um, You know, Stroll absolutely can get points, um, but... No one is Fernando Alonso besides Fernando Alonso, and no one is Lewis Hamilton besides Lewis Hamilton. And I think George is all closer to Lewis than Stroll is to Alonso. So I think that's 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 the deciding factor for me between five and four with um, Aston and five. I have no doubt Mercedes will cement the at least the number four spot. Yeah, but I do think that. Danny Ricardo is hungry enough to get that Red Bull seat next year that he will help that team get to P5. With the car, the upgrades, they have a new team principal. I I see them getting P5 over Aston Martin. I think that's my favorite prediction yet. Yeah, that's good. I'm into that. I would say, too, like just as a broad prediction, I think if we can have a more varied podium throughout the year, that that's a win for everyone too. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to see Alonzo up there all the time too, because I want to see him get number three, but um, I would like to see other people do. I want to see Danny Rick up there. I want to see Albon up there long shot, but I want to see him up there. Um, so yeah, I think I'm really hoping that the field is compressed enough that we can at least have a different P3 every now and then. I would like to see Lando get a win this year. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you sure told us that. Uh, but you know, what, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be Oscar. <laughs> that would be Oscar's his face. <laughs> Oscar's good. Yeah, he's the man. He is fast. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves P four through P one. Mm-hmm. P Ferrari, McLaren, Red Bull. Yeah, I was going to say. So you ha- say that again. Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, Red Bull. That's who I had a week ago. And I think now I would swap Ferrari and McLaren, but it would be really close. So I'd have Ferrari P2, McLaren P3. And Mercedes P4. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I do like the front wing. That's the coolest thing I've seen in a while, but that's it for me. I still have McLaren P4, Mercedes P3, Ferrari P2. And Rebel P1. Mainly just because I just don't ever believe Mercedes when they say the car is bad. It's never as bad as they say it is. Um, and they always come out to start the season. Um, and consistently throughout the season, just continue to get points when they're not supposed to, apparently. So I think they're going to still finish P3. I think it'll be close. But hopefully McLaren can get their upgrades and their car ready in time. That would be helpful. What what I want to say about McLaren is I really am worried that last year was their year and they just couldn't get it together in time. Like, I'm really worried that they they made that huge step in season, um, but they're not going to be able to. I think everyone has moved on from from that point. And I think maybe where they are may not be where everyone else like Ferrari and Red Bull are. Uh, I really think that if McLaren had if McLaren had that car at the beginning of the season like they should have, it would have been a way more exciting season for everyone. Um, it's just just a shame. Chris, what do you have? 
Um, yeah, it's the, I think Lewis uh, should edge out the McLarens. Um, that's a long shot. Lewis. Um, so, yeah, Team Lewis, which is the Mercedes. What about George? Yeah, he's got, he's got a teammate. Um, right? Unfortunately, no. Um, yeah. uh, they're going to fight a lot, I guess, as we talked about. Um, but they're still going to score a lot of points. Um, yeah, like you said, they're just more consistent. I feel like they can call the right strategy, um, hopefully, and, and figure it out. Uh, I think Lewis hopefully should call a lot of those shots, uh, at least for himself. But, you know, any any of those shake-up, I, I think the most exciting thing to think of is that if Ferrari is second, uh, I, that'd be the – although I'd like Mercedes to be up there now, or even McLaren, honestly, that Ferrari being there is the most exciting for 25 and what Lewis can hopefully do and reclaim his eighth, as he stated. So, yeah, uh, whatever gets Ferrari faster, uh, sounds good. So, yeah, three Ferraris in P2 – and then, Alex, you have McLaren P2. It's going to be a tight race. I think that yeah. P2 spot 100%. is going to come down to the last race of the season. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, that's going to be so fucking exciting to watch I all year. So. All three of those teams are going to be so close in the mix for P2 to but P4. I do see, because there's a couple things that I've seen watching Lewis over the last few years. Lewis has a tendency, when things are not going well in a race, to want to retire the car to save the engine. And then, you know, he can drive it back to a podium. He definitely can. But it, how much is the team going to continue to push him with him walking out the door? You know, how much are they going? I mean, I know they're going to want the points and everything, but the direction for the upgrades is going to go George's direction. They're going to upgrade that car to fit George. They're going to... Kind of continue to do that development in that way. So it's just going to make Lewis frustrated. And historically, when Lewis gets frustrated, he doesn't perform as well. I'm hoping that he and Pedro's relationship can at least carry them through the season where neither side is going to give up to an extent. There may be leaning towards George, but hopefully their relationship on a personal level will help Lewis just push forward. Well, I think as the season goes, you think about 2016 too. Like, you know, allegedly Mercedes was more behind Rosberg that year, and that's where the outcome came from. But uh, I don't know. I think Lewis is going to fight. I think he's going to want to prove the point. I, I think the thought of him finishing behind George is enough to keep him in the fight because um, that's not how he wants to leave that team. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think I think we're going to see a lot more. Uh, interesting radio messages i think we're going to see a lot of i think we're going to see him really fighting again i think that's really exciting yeah that you mentioned like he's not going to go out with a dog in between his, like a dog in between yeah. tail in between his legs you know yeah he's gonna go out swinging it'll be super exciting um so i guess we're coming up on time so next we have the bahrain gp happening saturday in the u.s um which is a little bit different so for those of you that are going to be watching, Thursday will be practice, Friday qualifying, Saturday is the race. So don't forget to tune in. Um, don't miss the race Saturday thinking it's Sunday. Um, but what do we think is going to happen in Bahrain? I think if we go through the podium, um, I think unanimously the assumption from the F1 world would be Max takes P1. Um, but I'm actually going to take a little bit of a different approach. I'm going to say Checo one, Charles two, Carlos three, 
max DNFs. That'd be pretty cool. George um, just barrels and Joel. Yeah, George, you have one job. Take Max. I do like George for crashing people. <laughs> Excuse me, Max turned in on him. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, George didn't crash on anybody. I don't know that. Not a crash on nobody. <laughs> I don't know that that uh, I can speak to the podium. What I will say is, like looking back over the last two season seasons, especially Bahrain has been one of my favorite races because it, you know, we we all think we know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. but the slate is really blank and it's really exciting. And I remember in 2022, I was absolutely losing my mind seeing the uh, Alpha double points finish and for both Red Bulls DNFing in the closing laps and Ferrari winning. That was like one of my favorite races I've ever seen just because it was so intense. And it all and, happened you know, at the, the end of the race. Points. Yeah. And Kevin Magnuson scoring points. Yeah. And K Mag. Yeah. A fucking Viking comeback or whatever. <laughs> From the couch to points in like four days. Yeah. Hero. Hero. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm just. I'm excited to be excited. And so Max is going to win is what you're saying. I think Max might win, but you know, if, if everyone is closer and he maybe finishes second or third every now and then that still makes the whole championship closer than if someone could year. finish within 10 seconds of him, if he does win, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Last year was pretty, pretty bad. He ran away with it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm not seeing anything to indicate that that's not going to be the case, but I want to believe, right? I want to believe that something cool is going to happen. And if it doesn't, there will be something cool that happens farther down the field that I'm into. And that's fine. Yeah. Alex, what do you think? I think we're going to see a Max win. You know, I think Red Bull is going to come out and Max is going to do pretty well. I can see an interchangeable Carlos Orlando for P2. P3, I think, will be Checo. And I think Charles Claire DNF. Damn. Poor Pray guy. for Charles. Poor guy. Chuck LeCluck. And I, I don't I don't <laughs> think it's going to be a mechanical. I will add, I don't think it's going to be a mechanical DNF. Oh. I think that he's mm -hmm. going to over push because he's going to qualify like, you know, top three. I think he's going to over push lap one and have an issue. Mm. Hopefully that issue is Max Verstappen and they hit each other. If that's the case. Chris, what do you think? Yeah. Um, Lewis is going to finish one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. All my predictions sound crazy because nothing's going to happen. Um, Max, probably, you know. Um, maybe somebody gets tangled up early on, but uh, more and more gym stance. Just stoked to see where it all shakes out because whatever, we can all sit up here and say what we want. But uh, Saturday's race day uh, this weekend and that we have the true uh, measuring stick, as Danica says. Well, I think that's all we got. Episode one of the Podium Pundits. Thanks for complete. listening. Thank you for listening. Yeah, it, was it was fun. Bye, everybody. See you next time. If there's a next time. There will be. Okay, see you next time. <laughs>